Welcome, Mistorians. Host Austin Heave She and host Brenda She Her have been waiting for you. Come along for Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Welcome to episode 36 of Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. And today we're going to the movies. We're going to the movies. Oh, what's the MGRs? More fun with Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Are you a clapper for that? Well, yeah, because it would be like. Do you stare at people? No, I would clap because you got to get in. You got to get invested. Let me play this for our audience briefly. So if you don't live in East Michigan, you don't know. Yeah, it's really, it's a very localized thing. Yeah. It gets you ready for, listen, it gets me ready for a movie. Yeah, are you a clapper for? Yeah, I'm a clapper. Okay, okay. good, good. This is why we're my partner. My partner said it was not a clapper, and I was like, listen, if this is going to work out, you're going to have to change your attitude. I'm not, hey, hey everyone, I'm not that mean. That's not <laughs> what I said. I just realized that I can't play it because I'm using my phone as headphones. <laughs> So, um, maybe I'll put it in there, um, but it's like, come on, have a party with MJR. It's more more fun fun in MJR. It's like a, it's like very upbeat. And then there's like a, there's like a part where I don't, do they teach people to clap? Like, how did the clap start? I don't know. Everyone just clap. Is it in the song? Give me a second. It's just like, do, do, do. Maybe the original had a clap. Maybe it did. Because like, I grew up and you just... They've updated it a lot, yes. Oh, okay. It has like it has like a lot of Marvel movies in it and stuff now. Um Yeah, I can't remember growing up, but there's like a part where there's like a like a one, two, yeah, three like, beat. Duh, and duh, you, duh. Your body's just like, yes, I clap on the beat. Everyone just knows to clap and everyone does clap, and whoever doesn't clap is lame. Like, cause it's like duh, 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 and everyone's clapping. <laughs> and you get into it, and you're like, I'm ready to see a movie. Like it I didn't see a lot of sad movies at MJR, so I don't know mm-hmm. what that experience would be like to get yeah. so excited. But like, seeing a lot of like typical movies you go to like with your high school friends, like you're like pumped. You're like, yeah, let's watch a movie. You're like, I'm gonna go see Tangled. <laughs> I only say that because that's a movie I've seen at MJR cinema. Because <laughs> um, it's not super close. It's like it's about an hour away. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it wasn't close to me either. The mm-hmm. closest one to me was like AMC theaters, but my friends lived out in the, so these are suburb theaters, everybody. Yeah, these, these are. <laughs> these were not city AMC. theaters. So my friends out in the suburbs, like that's, cause you go to your movies with your friends and I lived in an age that was too dangerous. <laughs> so no one ever came out to me. That's, some friends did, but we stayed in my house. You know, I feel that. Cause I would just be like, oh, I'm going to go to Court Street Mall to go see Surf's Up. And people will be like, what? You're going to Court Street? And I'm like, yeah, it's like two bucks to go see a movie. And I'm not going to pay money to go see Penguin Surf. (laughs) (laughs) And like, no one would be in it. And I'm like, how is this, quote unquote, dangerous when I'm the only person here? (laughs) 
yeah, it's it's wild. Uh, what did we see at the movies though? Oh, our, I feel like okay. Well, yeah, we see, we saw Earwig and the Witch, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. originally I for some reason thought was titled Earwig and the Itch. I don't know why. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Earwig and the Itch. Oh, that's I don't a, know what choice. Diana Wine Jones was up to. She's, um, she's got a book about how serious the dog stars reincarnated in the body of a puppy who was then hunted down by a horned monster. Oh, <laughs> that's a real. She was. That's a real. Book. She was a very prolific writer. Yes, I feel like I moved us so far too far into the future though. We had other things we were gonna do. <laughs> I know we got to get to the news first. The other movie we watched was Rogers Hammers, Hammer Seams Hammer Stammers. <laughs> Rogers and Hammer Hammer Hammerball. Rog and Ham. Rog and Hammy Hammy Boys. Cinderella. (laughs) Nineteen ninety seven. Nineteen ninety seven, starring Brandy. Yeah, Uh, because there's been a lot. There's been a lot of news. Like yesterday, Cartoon Network. And by the time you guys hear this, it will be a week off. But for us, yesterday, Cartoon Network or HBO or Warner Brothers had like I guess an investor meeting or something because they had just like announcements all day. Yeah, we're st- still compiling them. So when they, because ha- they're because like when Disney does their investor meeting, it's like we are going to slam you with five hundred announcements, and you will not like. I still don't know what happened at that meeting. <laughs> I, yeah, God, like yeah, that was so much because it was just like live action Buzz Lightyear starring Chris Evans. I don't um, Jesus, and like I'm just laying on the floor like, please make it. St- I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like anything I'm hearing right now. <laughs> So when these investor meetings happen, it's where you learn a lot of stuff because essentially all the people with the money are like, why should we keep giving you money? And they're like, you should keep giving us money because we're doing stuff like uh, Craig of the Creek season four. Cool. And they're like, okay, we'll keep giving you money. And then they announce it because it's like all these people know at this investor meeting and they're usually a pretty like, they're not public, but usually there's like a reporter or two in the room. So... They're like, we may as well announce it now. So, like, yeah, we found out what I've tracked down is Craig of the Creek season four. Mm-hmm. Uh, Craig of the Creek, his sister, uh, Jessica, is getting a spinoff preschool show Sweet. called Jessica's Big World, which is huge. I don't know the last thing they did a preschool show with Cartoon Network. Yeah, Cartoon Network. We've talked about this in our Cartoon Network um, episode. We talked about uh, Tickle You, which was their mm-hmm. their last attempt to have like a preschool block because Disney has had a killer preschool block for decades nickelodeon has had a killer preschool block for decades cartoon network has never had that and during the day i think a lot of channels try to show like more preschool stuff because preschoolers are home and parents Mm. are desperate (laughs) (laughs) cartoon network tickle you was like 15 years ago ish maybe i don't care enough to look it up but it's you know it was like incredibly awful and (laughs) half-assed it's not good so like the fact that they're putting like money and energy into like Craig of the Creek, a spinoff of it, um, mm. for preschoolers is pretty cool, and the logo is really cute, and I think preschoolers are really gonna like that art style and have a good time. Yeah, it should be fun. Craig's yeah. sister Jessica is like, I think she's like a first grader or kind like she goes to school, so she's mm-hmm. like a kindergartner, I think. Um, but it should be fun. It looks like it'll be a good time, and kids, they're like, there are lots of good animated shows but there aren't a lot that are made i'd say for that age group yeah like they can watch craig of the creek and 
like it, you know, but it's still not made with them in mind. It's still made with, like, probably more of, like, tin and up in mind. Yeah, it's not like, um, you know, like shows like Blue's Clues or Sesame Street, mm-hmm. um, which are, like, made with five, five-year-olds in mind. So it's, like, kind of, like, semi-educational usually, um, bright colors. Um, mm-hmm. Songs. Yeah. Songs. Which, <laughs> <laughs> I guess songs have kind of, like, leaked into older cartoons, too, mm-hmm. nowadays. Because, like, Steven Universe has a lot of songs. Phineas and Ferb had a song in almost every episode. Sometimes, because they were two episodes in a half hour, so sometimes two songs. Right. That's ridiculous to think about. That's a lot of, that's a lot of music, guys. Jeez. <laughs> Putting in work. Um, and a lot of them are just absolute gold. <laughs> How? How? I, yeah. I, Busted's playing in my head now. I know. Um, which one did uh, my, my mind went to the, the, um, which one did it go to? It's a Perry the Platypus one. Oh, Platypus Fight. It's the one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where turns into a platypus <laughs> that is just like, fight, fight! It's a platypus! Fight! <laughs> it's like... <laughs> the best... Okay, there's one more thing. But the best bit, the best bit from Phineas and... The best, like, running bit from Phineas and Ferb is Doofensmirtz, a platypus. <laughs> yeah. Perry the Platypus! <laughs> <laughs> it's, the, it's the best, because... It's usually like Perry shows up and like forgets he's not wearing his hat. <laughs> yeah. And then he's just like, oh, ooh, and like puts his hat on and he's just like, oh, Perry. <laughs> it's, the, it's the best fucking thing. <laughs> and, like there's a couple episodes where like in order to like get away from Doofenshmirtz, Perry just takes his hat off and just is a platypus. And yeah. Doofenshmirtz is just like, oh, that's just a how platypus. Did, how did this platypus get in the kitchen? Let me get you out of there. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, the other thing we learned, uh, or at least of the many things we learned that's kind of an update from last week, is Infinity Train officially has book four. It's yes. officially happening. So it looks like maybe potentially they were just paring down the staff. Um, mm-hmm. So that's what those layoffs were for. Which, it's unfortunate, but um, HBO's animation studios might be smaller. They might have just wanted less people on it. Who knows what's mm-hmm. what goes through yeah, we- these people's heads. <laughs> Yeah, we don't know. I know the creator... I saw some other title cards going around of, like... I couldn't find the original tweet from the creator, but apparently at some point, uh, there was talk of making a spin-off series about the first character mm. having, like, a summer vacation. Oh. Uh, from Infinity Train. So, I don't... This is, like, literally speculation. Like, maybe that's moving behind the scenes? I don't know, because there is a... Infinity Train Season 4, Book 4, sorry, they're calling it Book 4. Book 4 <laughs> is, like, a huge show of force from, like, what community can do. Because, like, it, the community saved that show. Yeah, um, honestly. Cartoon Network kind of sent it to be dead in the water before it was even on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cartoon Network sat on it for years. Years! The first, like, if you can find clips of the first pilot, it's so different because it's just so far apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... I, they aired the pilot, it was like, what, at like 6am or something? I remember when I looked into it, it was like 6am on like, on Wednesday, and it still pulled ratings because people were waiting to watch this show. People really wanted to see it, it looked good! And it, it is good. It is very good. Um, very good. So I'm, I'm super stoked, uh, hopefully they get more, because some things like Total Drama Island, mm. uh... <laughs> Also, we'll be making a comeback and got approved for two seasons already. Two seasons. That's 
ridiculous. HBO Max, um, excuse me, what's next? Are you gonna reboot Johnny Test now? Is hey, this... you be you be fucking <laughs> careful with that. <laughs> I don't want to manifest that. I'm sorry. <laughs> We're gonna get off recording. Like, oh, Johnny Test has been approved for ten seasons. Oh my god. No. Johnny Test, the only animation we released for the next four years, says HBO Max. It's a gritty reboot of Johnny Test. Oh right? god. Oh no. Oh no. You joke that that. You know what I need to look into. How what? in the fuck is a gritty reboot of Powerpuff Girls airing on CW? How is that gonna like? Yeah, who, we, we heard are us talk about that. Partners? Yeah, like it's how is it gonna be Powerpuff Girls? How how do you one? How do you do a live action Powerpuff Girls? Mm. What the on hell a C does, on a CW budget? What does Mojo Jojo look like? <laughs> is he just a monkey? What just, is what are you gonna do with their hands? No, they're just going to have human hands or their fingers are going to be glued together because they canonically don't have fingers. Cannot they? They bring it up multiple times. They canonically don't have fingers. It isn't like a choice. People are like, it's a stylistic. Other kids have fingers. When they mm-hmm. body swapped with the adults, they didn't know how to use fingers. They just were not born with fingers. And it does, their hands are just sticky like in geckos. <laughs> Need to update the wiki. <laughs> the Powerpuff Girls, among their many, the roster of many powers, also have sticky gecko hands. Professor Utonium, I can help. I'm sticky. Professor Utonium's just like, whoa, now, girl, I did not sign up for this. <laughs> it's yeah, I don't, I just don't like. I get. That most likely Craig McCracken doesn't own the rights to Powerpuff Girls. He doesn't. And he said that before. Like, he has no sway over anything that they do with the IP. Because he was also not involved with the 2016 animated right. reboot at all. But so. I can't imagine a world where Cart- like where Cartoon Network wants to sell their IP. Like, did it? Is it syndicated, technically? And is that why they can do this? Um, I would say it's uh, Warner Brothers, because Warner Brothers owns Cartoon mm. Network, owns CW. So I would say it's just, like, all under that umbrella. So it's it's absolutely fair game. And, like, they can't air that on Cartoon Network. Um, so CW, which, you know, I remember when WB, which was previous, like, CW was previously the WB channel. I remember mm. when <laughs> it was not the um, gritty teen drama channel <laughs> slash DC's arrowverse channel like god that's it's it's just like i remember a time when do you remember upn yes because it used to so in the wayback machine it was upn and it was like the black sitcom channel everybody yeah upn had some great shows like it was a golden era and then upn and warren brothers merged together the warren brother channel merged together into the horrible amalgamation that we know as the cw it was it was like stark because it was like we'll be the cw and what they meant was we're white now pretty <laughs> CW much cw stands for constantly white yeah <laughs> That's so good. boom <laughs> <laughs> there goes that cw partnership oopsie poopsie cw hala if you're listening i will still take your money if you, yeah if you have money i will take your constantly white money it, listen it's consistent <laughs> I'll play Professor Utonium in your Powerpuff Girls reboot. You want it to you? It'll be super edgy. <laughs> Have you not met me? Am I not edgy, CW? <laughs> I 
Yeah, I listen, we haven't talked about everyone. I have exactly zero idea what the fuck they are doing or how it's going to work. And it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. It's going to be like Winx Club. What is it? The the Winx Club. Fe- oh, uh, guess. Hey, guess what? Got announced this, this morning. No, don't you. Don't you dare. Don't they- say it. <laughs> don't. <laughs> I'm getting up and I'm walking away from the mic. out of season two. <laughs> uh, Alright, I'm back in my chair. Uh, what? Who so, watched it? If you hate watched that show, I'm angry with you. Yeah, I. There were a few people I saw like talking about it on Twitter, and I'm not. I'm not here to yuck anyone's yum, <laughs> but I am here to say, if you watched it opening night, like what Netflix looks at most is how things do when they drop on the weekend. Mm-hmm. So if you. If you really are like, I need to hate watch this. If you're like, you just, you got to do it. Wait, wait like a month. Yeah. It's like, because every- if <laughs> it doesn't, if it doesn't hit, like if it's not trending Netflix, like number one on Netflix for the first two weekends, Netflix is going to drop it. I've seen it countless times for better shows. Tuka and Birdie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like everyone kind of feels like oh i have to be the one to watch this so i can tell someone about it which mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm not saying that we haven't done because we definitely did that with mulan <laughs> yeah we're, hey we're gonna do it uh, listen here's us telling you we'll, we'll do it we're gonna do it just yeah. let, let just wait for us to do it and just tell you not to waste your it. time we're gonna do raya and the last dragon Yep. Which comes out sooner than I want it to. I'm not ready to watch it, and I don't want to. Hey, yeah. you know what comes out a month from today, Brenda? What? Justice League. <gasps> oh, no. <laughs> well, hey, everyone. Me and Brenda are going to suffer for four hours. You don't have to do it. <sighs> don't are the The, like, I assume close to 200 of you because you follow us on Twitter that listen. Don't, don't waste. Just wait. We're going to do it. We'll do <laughs> just it. Wait. Hopefully. I'm hoping because I have to get my um, wisdom teeth going down the 16th of March. Oh boy. Are you going to watch it like high on painkillers? Oh, that would be cool. Maybe. Depends on could... what they give me. <laughs> <laughs> Brenda's like, you know, it wasn't bad. I was pretty high on painkillers and slept for like three hours of it but <laughs> yeah i was just like asleep and i had like a dream and i was like yeah that part where jackie cheese showed up was a little bit weird and awesome was... she's like brenda did you were you asleep and i was like no no Chuck a... cheese he's in the credits and i go to the credits and i watch the half hour of credits and i'm just like he's coming that was a, a bold choice to have Barney defeat Darkseid, but I, I understood, you know, maybe he had a point there. He could. Hoo-wee. So, uh, I'll watch it, hopefully. Hopefully my, I don't accidentally dislocate my jaw in the process of getting my teeth yeeted out of my face. Yeah, don't do that. I know, that's my fear, so send me good oh. vibes, everyone. Yeah, also everyone, we're just going to be a little breaky break in March, because yeah. Brenda's getting her teeth removed. Yeah, I'm like, hopefully this will not make things worse. So send me good vibes, all of you. 
please <laughs> do it center your power uh was there anything else i feel like i was gonna say something and I... Was it about the jokerification? Oh, we can briefly mention the jokerification. Uh, but quick, really quick, one thing I do want to say is something I found out this morning. Mm-hmm. The Detective Conan compil- theatrical compilation movie, mm-hmm. um, which was only supposed to have like a three-week theatrical run in Japan. One got an extension. Two is number two in the do- in the box office. Jesus. Um. So, for reference, the Sailor Moon Part Two, like that Sailor Moon movie that's been coming out um mm-hmm. didn't even break top 10 wow so <laughs> really... that's <laughs> everyone wants to know what that small boy's up to yeah they're like what's up with him <laughs> so <laughs> he's he's small we we talked about it this week i think me and brandon were talking this week and i was like because we always talk about like conan velma crossover would be great and i was like you <laughs> know what conan deals with like murders and yeah, like bombs pretty... <laughs> gruesome murders and Velma deals with like tax evasion (laughs) and like property theft yeah which is very rarely anything that Conan has to deal with (laughs) which is like I'm not saying those aren't bad but I am saying I think Velma shows up to a Conan crime scene and like has a panic attack yeah it's like there's like a real dead body there and Velma's just like oh shit Velma's like, oh, so a fake decor, and she, like, picks it up, and they're like, gross stuff comes out of it, because it's a dead dead body's leak gross stuff, and she's like, oh my god, and Conan's like, ah, yes, the decomposition rate, oh my god! (laughs) Conan's just like, hey, 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 don't touch the body, and Velma's just like, (laughs) (laughs) she's oh my god! Scooby's there, and he's just like, I've seen death before. (laughs) (laughs) I think Scooby and Shaggy are like, First time, Velma. <laughs> <laughs> like, Zorks, Velma! You ain't <laughs> never seen a dead body before? That's my Shaggy impression. How's that? <laughs> I do think Velma figures out Conan's not a real kid in, like, the first three seconds of the movie. Oh, immediately. She's just like, I've seen a kid and you're not a kid kid. <laughs> He's like, hello, ma'am. You're that missing teen detective, aren't you? Aw, <laughs> oh, beans. <laughs> Fuck! He's just like, no, I'm I'm little. I'm small. Look. Look at how small. I'm smaller than small. the real kids. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's what he does. If he... Someone just like revealed, like revealed that sh- they knew, um, revealed that they knew his secret. And he was just like, no, Shinichi's tall. And I'm like, short. <laughs> I'm really short. I'm really short. <laughs> That's when you get caught, like, eating cookies or whatever. Like, your parents yeah. like. Did you eat the cookies? No, because look, my hands have no cookies in them. The face covered in cookies. <laughs> the dad's just like, hmm, okay, that's a good point. <laughs> they have a Does, point, honey. They have a point. They have no cookies in their hands. Yes, but there are cookie crumbs all over them. Well, your mom has a point too, and you got a counterpoint. <laughs> the c- cookie monster was here. Well,. <laughs> That's of that case. Yeah, I saw that one. Um, the Detective Conan movie is also going to have a simultaneous release for the first time in other countries, um, mm-hmm. but not here. <laughs> you gotta want it more, Brenda. One day we'll hear you. There's an English dub that is premiering somewhere, but not here. Is it like? But do you think it'll be like British? No, it's the same dub that's been like releasing the movies recently. Oh. So it's like okay. American cast, like I think like um 
Is it Chris? Is it Christina V? Is that her name? That's like a she, name. Yeah, she voices. She's like kind of like a biggish voice voice actress, but like she voices Ron. Mm. Um. So like it's like regular voice actors like who do other animes here, but this dub is not here. I'm That's, baffled. It's a personal attack against you and on. It is. I heard the commercial, they released a, I'm going to stop talking about Conan just a second, but they released like a commercial <laughs> to advertise it that had like the intro sequence, like the bonk, and they had mm-hmm. like, it started out in Japanese and then it immediately went to the English dub and I was just like, oh, oh my goodness, who, are we going to get it? And then it did went through like Chinese and like uh, Korean and like a couple other languages and um, I was just like, oh my god, we're going to get it. And then it listed off the countries and I was like, we're not there. The United <laughs> States is not on the list. Feels like the scene from Mean Girls where he's handing out the candy cane. <laughs> yeah, that's what it felt like. It was just like Taiwan, Hong Kong, Malaysia, Germany, uh, France, South Not Korea. America. Everyone have a yeah. good day. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is fine. Sp- specifically not Michigan. <laughs> You're just not Michigan. <laughs> Ohio, Illinois, Tennessee. Ohio, Illinois, Alaska. <laughs> Puerto Rico, like it's just not. It is illegal for this film to be shown in Michigan. Michigan. I like get caught crossing the border to Ohio, and they're just like, "Ma'am, why are you crossing into Ohio? Like Michiganders don't want to go here." And I'm just like, "They're like, you're gonna go see that Conan movie, aren't you?" And I'm like, "No." And I like try to cover up my Conan shirt, and they're just like, "Ma'am, that's illegal for anyone from Michigan to come into Ohio to see this movie. I'm afraid I'm gonna have to book you." And I'm like. Jokerification. <laughs> Fuck. The Jokerification of one um Corolla Deville. <laughs> it feels like it feels like that's a movie. T- it feels like a movie title that's like like what they ended up doing the Birds of Prey when they didn't know what to call it. <laughs> yeah, they were just like the Fantabulous Emancipation of one Harley Quinn. Like that was just and the full title of Birds of Prey, and, which we- and the Birds of Prey too. <laughs> <laughs> birds of Prey too. More birds. Uh, yeah, Kuala got a trailer. Uh, so here's what I have to say. Emma Stone sounds great. Looks great. She, as always, the costuming looks great. Great. The, from what we've seen of the film, it looks cool. Um, I I don't know what we're doing here, though. (laughs) Yeah, it just feels very weird. And I guess Disney has already kind of done this with Maleficent. But in that one, which isn't that good. But in that one, they tried to like kind of like be like, she does have a reason for being so evil with mm-hmm. lips. And I'm like, okay, yeah, fine. That was, that made sense. Mm-hmm. With Cruella, we forget that her whole thing is that she wants to steal 101 puppies and skin them alive. Like, yeah. <laughs> like it's, are we forgetting it's... that the whole point of her is that she wants, she sees a Dalmatian. She's like, damn, those spots. But then she's like, but they feel bad. And then, like, Anita's like, well, when they're puppies, they're soft. And she's like, oh, so I kill the puppies. And Anita's like, "Um, excuse me, ma'am? And she's like, nothing. Don't worry about it. (laughs) Don't worry about it. Yeah, it's, it's, Maleficent's different. So it's weird, right? Because I'm like, Maleficent's different because she's like vague, evil queen with no, like, because that movie's old. They didn't, she doesn't have like a lot of ambition. She's like, I'm an evil witch queen. That's my thing. She's scary. It's good. 
Yeah, that's it. That's all you really needed. And, like, Cruella's animated? It doesn't feel as dire, but, like, as like I watch a trailer, and I am, uh, she feels like a Harley Quinn-esque thing, everybody. Yeah. Uh, and I'm a whore for Harley Quinn, so I was, like, falling for it, and Brenda was like, wait, the puppies, and I was like, her whole thing is puppies, isn't it? Her whole thing is killing puppies. And it's so like, it's, it's yeah. hard to think of, like, they have two options. They can retcon that her whole thing is puppies and just be like, in this new Dalmatians verse, <laughs> her thing <laughs> is no longer puppies, you know? Or yeah. they try and make me feel bad for a lady who wants to skin puppies. Which feels like a very bold move for Disney. <laughs> I don't know how we're going to swing PG-13 on this one, guys, but I will stay tuned to find out. Yeah, we've already had a good live-action Cruella. I almost said Harley yep. Quinn, which is also true, but not the subject. <laughs> um, we've already had a good live-action Cruella de Vil, which mm-hmm. was um, the 1995 live-action yeah, so. um, Glenn Close's performance. She's suave and scary, and it's great. Like... Mm-hmm. And that's really all Cruella needs to be. And then, like, in 102 Dalmatians, which is the sequel to the uh, live-action one directly, mm-hmm. um, it kind of just, it's not a great movie, but it, it just kind of hammers home just like, yeah, this lady, just no matter what we do, will want to, does not like animals. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, so it, it, to kind of, like, backtrack and be like, are we going to want her to succeed? There's Dalmatians in the trailer that glow yeah. at her. Which supposedly, if this is in the canonicity of the the um the original live action ones, which we don't know, but if it mm-hmm. is, then she had literally not seen a Dalmatian before she met Perdita, which is right. Anita's Dalmatian. Everyone, I te- I really know a lot about Dalmatian, the hundred one Dalmatian. <laughs> <laughs> I know a lot about Dalmatians in general. I know that yeah. they're not the dog for me. <laughs> yeah, it's so. They, they have a lot of options here, but if their plan is to make me feel bad for the lady who wants to skin animals is like, no, like the, the movie they would have to make is not something I think Disney is going to put out. Yeah. Nor like, is it the something kind I of, want to see. <laughs> no, I don't like the kind of story is like for that to be a person that you sympathize with is like, I don't think I could watch what kind of trauma someone would go through to think like skinning things is fine. Mm-hmm. And I don't think Disney is going to make, like, they. there's no way a Disney production that is probably shooting for PG-13 can tell a story where it's like, now I get it and I feel bad for her, you know? Yeah, no, I don't think they, they can't. Like, Disney won't. No. So, I'm not sure what we're doing here. What are, is this a waste of my time? Yeah, it yeah. feels like, it feels feels like a waste of time and production and money also it comes out in may and i don't know in what world they think we're gonna be in a theater in may because we're not like i mean i've got no update about i don't think the tears have moved we're mm-hmm. in the point of vaccine i mean you got the vaccine but i'm yes. at the point of vaccination where like i'm seeing people who don't do anything get vaccinated before i mean i also don't do anything but i also do have a disability so mm-hmm. i'm watching people get vaccinated before me who like just like own a boat and i'm like okay this is my villain super villain origin story isn't it and we go full circle and brenda becomes a joker i get the joker (laughs) brenda gets hit with the joker oh no i can feel the laugh (laughs) i can't do a joker laugh don't make me 
<laughs> That's oh, like the Wicked uh, Witch. <laughs> I can't believe I went to see the Joker again in Justice League. No. <laughs> in the trailer, he, he says, says we, we live, live in a society. society. <laughs> this shit writes itself. This shit writes itself. <laughs> Zack Snyder. We, he, he, we he, don't that's a, hate And that's you. a reshoot scene. That's, that's a reshoot. A scene, that's a scene he added. He he at, he got money to add that scene in, and everyone watched him add it in and was like, this is... Ben Affleck and Jared Leto came out in a pandemic to refilm that scene. Oh my god. Yeah, and then um, the CGI looks bad. Like, oh. I can't believe he got money to get Jared Leto and Ben Affleck to get into costume and makeup on a set to say we live in a society. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I read that one is like. <laughs> I got. That's psychic damage. Yo, I'm baffled. Oh my god. It's been 30 minutes. God, we did it. There's just so much news. Uh, What was the last news? I think that's it. Was there more news? I think that's it. That's it. Oh, we manifested Paddington 3. You're welcome. Oh yeah. You're welcome. Someday we'll be able to channel this. (laughs) Where do we start? Um, oh. What? Do you want to start with Cinderella or do you want to start with Earwig? Uh, sure. I s- <laughs> <laughs> uh, we right, can start. I'm, we Go. start with what? Go. Oh, I was going to flip a coin. Yes. I was going to channel my inner um, Batman Two Face. Um, mm-hmm. flip a coin, but I don't have a coin, so I'm going to try to see if I can flip my library card. Oh, perfect. Ready? Okay, so Ready. heads is earwig. Barcode on the back is. <laughs> It's Cinderella. Ready? Amazing. Go. Ah! Heads was Cinderella? Heads was Earwig. Oh, Heads was Earwig. Okay, we talk about Earwig first. Earwig and the Witch. Also known as Aya and the Witch in Japanese for reasons we don't know. We spent a while this morning before we hit the record button trying to figure out why it's called Aya in Japanese. Because the so whole big <laughs> thing about it is that she's got, like, earwig hair, and earwig's a weird name. Yeah. There's, like, a whole... So if you know Japanese better than us, like, culturally, like, if Aya's, like, a nickname for earwigs or something that we just don't know, then please let us... Because I'm just curious. I'm, like... Yeah. I know it's not the word for earwig, but it clearly is... It's something, because they translate it to earwig for subtitles. Yeah, and then like the um, and we'll get to movie in a second. But then like the uh, the band, there's a band in this. Oh yeah, is also called Earwig, and it's got like their the records have Earwig like drawn on them. And I watched the Japanese track, so mm-hmm. it just said Earwig even the Japanese track. So it's just mm-hmm. like okay, um, it's just well, I don't know why, and we couldn't find a reason why. So if you know, please help. Please let us know. Uh, it was a co-production between Studio Ghibli, NHK, and NHK Enterprises. It was mm-hmm. originally aired on TV December 30th, 2020 on NHK General. And it was it is scheduled to be released in theaters this year, April 29th. Baffling. It's still scheduled to come out. In, well, it's in theaters in the U.S. now. And I yeah. think it's scheduled to come out in theaters in Japan in April. Wild. Yeah, yeah. we should not be leaving. Our, don't go see this at the theater because one it's not worth it 
to it's uh, you can watch it right now on HBO Max. You don't need yeah, to go too. see. Do hey, this. So I'm not saying it's terrible. I am saying you shouldn't pay ten dollars to see this movie. Yeah, I'm saying it's flawed. Um, it's the la- It's a short based on a short story from mm-hmm. 2011 by Diana Wynne Jones, mm-hmm. and it is the last book that she wrote before her passing. Mm-hmm. Um, Diana Wynne Jones is also the writer of the novel version of Howl's Moving Castle. So, like, Studio yep. Ghibli has already done an adaptation of one of her stories before. Hayao Miyazaki's, like, a really big fan of her work. So it mm-hmm. kind of makes sense that, like, Goro would want to adapt one of her stories. But mm-hmm. I think this was, like, an interesting one to choose because it's so kind of, like, new and relatively unknown and short. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie is uh, uh, directed by Goro Miyazaki, who's Hayao Miyazaki's son. He also directed the disastrous uh, Tales from Earthsea, which is Whoa. Ghibli's biggest failure. <laughs> I, I like Tales from Earthsea. I haven't seen it. Um, I hear mixed things. Like, what, like, clips I've seen, it looks beautiful. Like, yeah, I I enjoy it. So, I enjoy it. And also, apparently, it's come out, like, Hayao did like it. Yeah. Also, Goro wasn't, he wasn't supposed to direct it at all. He didn't want to. He's an architect. No. And he kind yeah, of, Yeah, he's, like, <laughs> he's yeah. not, he is, he told people, like, back in high school, he thought about drawing, but his dad was his dad. And he's like, I'll never be able to be that. So, I guess I'll be an architect. <laughs> yeah like he got pulled in to do it he like released a very short like autobiography which is more mm-hmm. of like an interview with him and i read like a summary of it and he was like i got dragged in to do this i didn't really want to do it and he said that like a lot of like executives kind of pulled him around into decisions because he didn't know what he was doing so yeah. like he would just kind of like approve things and executive would be like well how about this and he'd be like okay yeah maybe Mm-hmm. This was never really what he wanted to do. You can really see his expertise shine because he did a lot of like the architectural elements of the Ghibli Museum. Because he's yeah he he's, he's an, an architect. architect. <laughs> he's he like designed the Ghibli Museum and he was the president. Is that the, he like ran it? He was like yeah. in charge of like the museum because he's an architect. Mm-hmm. Um, even for this movie, like he he was a director. Mm-hmm. It was the first film that was going to be full 3D CG animated by Studio Ghibli, which is a big yeah. deal because Miyazaki's on record with, like, that is the death of art. <laughs> yeah, which is absolutely wild because there's also, like, an interview with Miyazaki about Earwig where he was just, like, he gave, like, a positive. Like, he was just like, it's good. And it was like, yeah. oh, excuse me, did you say something positive, <laughs> sir? Did you say something well, nice to your son? Well, what? Also, He's happening! He- uh, Hayao Miyazaki wrote this film. Oh, he did. So How Goro, did I miss that? So Goro was the director, but Hayao Miyazaki did the planning and script writing. So I'm like, what? It feels like they're just like, yeah, Goro, you're a director, and it feels like they're just trying to push him into like, we need a Miyaz- we need a Miyazaki around here. So your dad's not gonna live forever. Yeah, it's like time is money, <laughs> like essentially. Um, I didn't know that Miyazaki, like Hayao, wrote the script. Yep, he also wrote the script for Up on a Poppy Hill, which was Goro's last movie. Oh, I heard that one was good. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it was good. But, so, he said for this film, he, um, his dad kind of encouraged him to go with directing this film. Some other producers encouraged him to go with this film. And then after that, they left him with a young staff. Mm-hmm. And he didn't talk to the old guys at all about it. Like, he yeah. kind of tried to do his own thing. So I really um, respect it in that regard because he was just like i want new people to be able to animate this and i feel Mm -hmm. like a lot of like the visual failings of this movie could be attributed to like inexperience 
Yeah, they don't know how to do... Like, he was the only one who kind of knew CG. Because mm-hmm. they don't do CG there. That's yeah. not... They, so he didn't talk to... He said he didn't consult the old guys at all. Uh, but I, they wouldn't have known what to do. Like, this is the first time they've done this in this studio at all. So, for a first time, made for TV animated? Not bad. It, it yeah. does feel like you're watching someone's, like, senior thesis, though. <laughs> Yeah, um, I found like conflicting reports that they had assistance from a uh, studio Marza Planet, which we talked about last week in the mm-hmm. Sonic episode. So that's like the studio that did animation for the Sonic movie and a lot of the Sonic games, and also mm-hmm. did the animation on Lupin the Third, the first. Um, so if that's true, which uh, there's like conflicting reports on like how much involvement they have, but you can compare right. like the animation in Lupin the Third, the first to the animation in Earwig. But also realize that, like, the animation in Earwig is CGI computer animation for TV on a TV budget. Yes. Like, and I think that's kind of where a lot of, like, especially in America, a lot of, like, the disconnect kind of comes from. Because it, to us, it was advertised as a um, Ghibli movie. Like, it's the mm-hmm. next Ghibli movie. It's the first CGI Ghibli movie. It's a Ghibli mm-hmm. movie. It's going to be released in theaters, like, originally mm-hmm. here. Um, and it's the, first, it's the first feature film from Ghibli in a while. In a while. So it was, like, really hyped up by, like, a lot of um, nerdy, quote-unquote, news outlets here. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those articles did not mention that it was going to be aired in Japan on TV. So yeah. It's, I like, think, yeah. clear, like, I couldn't find the budget for it. But it is clearly, everyone, if you haven't seen it, a made-for-TV kids movie. Yes. Like, Earwig and the Witch, the source book, is, like, a 58-page kids book. It is, like, yeah. it's an 80-minute made-for-kids movie from from a well-known like studio which was probably huge for nhk to like get them to want to do this but Mm -hmm. it's a made it's a made for tv movie (laughs) yeah pretty much um so the movie is about this young girl named earwig who is dropped off at an orphanage by her mother who's like being chased by a car um (laughs) she gets dropped off at the orphanage and she like stays there for 10 years ish yes i don't know how yeah. old she's supposed to be um she's 10 she's very into like controlling like being the boss and yes. like manipulating people to do what she wants which is an interesting character trait for the protagonist of a children's movie <laughs> she is bossy she's, I mean, she's, so a, she's a bossy 10 year old she's a bossy 10 year old but she's also a bossy 10 year old that knows how to manipulate people to a yeah precision degree it's kind of scary <laughs> she, she, she grows up to become the joker pretty much <laughs> like <laughs> so she um she's at the orphanage and she gets adopted by a witch and a demon because the witch needs um an assistant an assistant and then earwig gets it in her head she's like well then if i'm gonna be your assistant you're gonna teach me how to be a witch and the witch never agrees to this yeah so and that's literally just the movie just goes from there and, and it's just it. like yeah, and it's fun. There are some fun moments. Uh, she, Earwig gets upset because the woman who drops her is Bella Yaga, not Baba Yaga. Her name's Bella, Bella Yaga. <laughs> um, Bella Yaga always talk, calls her, like, wants an extra pair of hands, so she teaches herself a spell to, like, literally put extra hands on her body. Yeah. And I think they come out of, like, her nose. Or, like, it's something very kid. Yeah. And she thinks it's like hilarious. And then after that, it's like the movie you think. So what you what I thought is like, ah, 
now we're in the second act of this movie because she gets like the demon on her side that lives there because he likes her sexy waluigi yes there's there's a sexy there's like a demon who is like fond of her named mandrake who i think's her dad Uh, yeah i also think he's her dad um he's scary though yeah he's like he is terrifying um she like sneaks into his pocket dimension like music studio (laughs) (laughs) i want a pocket dimension music studio (laughs) i want a pocket dimension podcast studio that's what i was thinking too i was just like god it would be so nice to be able to record in the silent pocket dimension (laughs) the wall Let me get a screwdriver and punch it in the side of this drywall and see if I can find the pocket dimension. Um, but then they, like, become pals, and she's like, get the witch to teach you magic and send me to school. And he's like, okay. And you're like, oh, cool. Now we'll see, like, you know, act two of this movie. And then the movie's pretty much over, and I you're left very... It's a whirlwind of an ending. Yeah, it just kind of ends, and then you get a montage of them all being happy together. And you're like, I would have liked to seen that, but you did have a TV budget, and this yeah. runs for 80 minutes because it's for TV. Earwig also never really learns not to manipulate people. No. Like, she never learns to be, like, more caring and compassionate. It Because it um, works. It, she it wins. It works for her. <laughs> I both respect it and am irked by it, because I just wanted to see, like, all of the characters go through more growth than they did, mm-hmm. um, and apologize to each other, and talk things through you don't get that because like she kind of learns like through manipulating she was right because she gets mandrake he's like a writer but he's shy and then she gets him to release his book and he's very excited and then Mm -hmm. bella yaga she's like used to be a cool drummer you should do that more and she like shows off that maybe she'll start to because it's like the ending is very quick like all these things are like a minute long scene yeah, but like this whole time, like you can't forget the beginning of the movie where Earwig's mom is like dropping her off at the orphanage, and like the other, like in the car, is presumably is the the demon, the Mandrake, and yeah. um, Bella Yaga, and they're like trying to fucking kill her. <laughs> like, yeah, she's like, what happened there? And you see some flashbacks that I don't know whose point of view it's supposed to be, uh, because her mom is like the singer from this band. Yeah. And whenever she listens to the music, you see a flashback, but I don't know if it's meant to be, like, her connecting to her, like, I have no idea what it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's kind of, it's a little, it's good to see, I guess, because you can see, like, kind of, like, how they were when they were younger, and, like, how, mm-hmm. yeah, they did all know each other, and were maybe friends, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, There's, like, a, kind of, like, a love triangle, I sense a little bit back in the past there, it I don't know. It d- definitely feels like it's, like, a poly situation right which is cool i'm chill like it's chill it's cool but they don't explain it (laughs) no they don't explain it at all and it feels like so when ghibli when like miyazaki either of them at this point like yeah adapt diana Wynne jones's work they don't they don't take or add anything typically i'm assuming those flashbacks they added because it's from a kid's book yeah to give some context but since like hayao wrote the scripts there's they usually don't subtract much like if you have read house moving castle for example it's it's just the movie like if you read it and watch the movie it is like literally what happens is what i'm told by my partner because i haven't read no, it but i disagree no okay, i disagree I with hannah fight um what's that I, fight <laughs> I, i'm ready 
Um, the whole thing with the bird demon is not there. And also in the original mm. one, Howl is just a Welshman. In the book version mm-hmm. of Howl's Moving Castle, he just lives in our world. Because there's always, in Diana Wine Jones's books, there's always this like um, aspect of dimension uh, right. hopping. You see that in this movie with Bella Yaga has this doorknob that can go to like different, like when she delivers stuff to her clients, mm-hmm. there's um, different doors. Like she can right. just like go to just zoom over to like a place. Um, in Howl's Moving Castle, there's the little thing. Um, thing above the door that like can go to different places. Right. This is in... I can't save every because I've not read the Christomancy series in its entirety. Um, mm-hmm. But in Dog's Body, which I mentioned earlier about the Dog Star, there's also dimension hopping in that one. And in mm-hmm. the original version of Hall's Moving Castle, he originally is just a guy from Earth who figures out how to come <laughs> to the magic and make a moving castle. He's just a man. Um, and in the movie, that's not there. And then like in the book, there's no like him being kind of corrupted by his own magic and his own loneliness and being turned mm. into a bird monster. That's not mm. there. So there are differences for sure. Okay. Um, so, sorry. I do No, disagree. it's fine. <laughs> I've never read it. I have no stake in this. Um, so it feels... Like, what it feels like is, like, there's more story here, and I don't know if they will attempt to do to do that, because Diana Wayne Jones, as we mentioned, like, did pass away, so she's not going to be writing anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, books in this vein. There are a few books that have come out that her sister finished for her from manuscripts that she was working on. Um, I don't believe any of them were like in this Earwig and the Witch setting. So it it feels like very abrupt and like that there would be another movie or a show or something. But yeah. I don't know if we'll get that. I don't know because I don't know how this did in Japan. I couldn't find any definitive information. Yeah. That like was in like a terms that i could understand like you know like reference like they'll be like oh this many watchers and i'm like i don't know if that's good <laughs> like right i don't exactly. know how many people watch stuff um, yeah i'm gonna exactly. see if earwig is on hoopla so i can see how it ends the book right i guess i should have done this sooner <laughs> uh i feel like so i was talking to someone and they got a digital copy and it pretty much ends the same way no, someone, I was looking at the reviews of the book, and people yeah. had the same critique of the book, that it just, it, it has, like, the same ending. Let's see. I can borrow it. Ho-ho! You can buy it digitally March 23rd, or on Blu-ray April 6th here in the States, from G-Kids. Thanks, G-Kids. You're anime's best friend. <laughs> 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 see, what else about your way? I think that might be it about your way. Yeah, that's about that's that's about. I it. I've got the book here. It's just taking a second to load. Oh wait, I got it. February eleventh, twenty twenty one. They would there was a theatrical version. This version includes some scenes not shown on the TV version. Which version did we get? Did we get the the TV version or the theatrical version? Wait. Oh. <laughs> oh no. Wait. <laughs> wait. <laughs> wait. Excuse me. Wait. Yeah, soon my sin. Me my sin. So there's two versions of this movie. I just found out by looking at oh, no. the notes I had. Oh no! But what? So I don't know what. Hey everyone, I have no idea what version of HBO Max because it came out on HBO Max earlier this month. Yeah, February so like- 11th, which is like a week after it came on HBO Max, they announced there be the theatrical version, which has some things not shown on TV. I don't know what version the states got. Yeah, what version did we get? 
Sorry, the art in this book is so fucking funny. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's that very British kids book art. Oh, yeah. You know the aesthetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The the lines are like scratches. Mm Mm-hmm. Everyone's head is just like, uh, for no reason, big. Yeah. I think this does end in the same place because I'm in the last chapter. This is actually a tiny chapter book. Um, A year went by. Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Thomas was laying in her lap. Everyone did what she told them to do. (laughs) It was almost better than the orphanage. The mandrake had even taken to calling her Deerwig, which is very cute. Um, Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah. Um, Deerwig, that's your daddy. It's definitely her dad. Nothing would induce Custard to come visit her. He was much too afraid of the mandrake. Still, she thought, deciding to have mixed grill after all, she could work on Custard just as she had worked on her new household. The end. (laughs) Whoa, wow. (laughs) Jesus. (laughs) That's really how it ends. (laughs) Eric's like, that boy's gonna call me, you'll see. Oh my god. And in the end of the- sorry, these are spoilers, but the end of the movie- custard standing outside her house and her mom comes by and is like come on let's go visit together mm. the end yeah so the end. i guess i guess the movie has a better ending yeah I guess she's like her mom shows up and she's like merry christmas and it ends and you're like what and it's a it ends like like a kick in your chest <laughs> yeah i like i think i was talking to you about something and i looked up from my phone and i was just like <laughs> Credits are rolling. Me. Excuse me, the movie's over? Oh, okay. That's right. Yeah, it's... Uh... I really wanted to give it a pass because it is like computer animation made mm-hmm. for TV. And I just really want Goro to be happy. And it wasn't awful. I think I don't even think we mentioned the mouths. The mouths are not synced up correctly or done no. right. Oh god. The, it's better in Japanese, but it's rough. Uh, it's still pretty rough, and I don't really know what happened there. But there's a larger in, there's a larger voice cast in English and Japanese. What? <laughs> in Japanese, there are one, two... In Japanese, they like don't credit who Custard is on this wiki at all. Oh. Get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm trying to think, like, I don't know if there are laws against that because, like, the like Custard and Earwig are clearly like actual children. Um, yeah, I don't know if like you can list. Can you not list kids? Is Earwig on there? Oh, she is. So maybe I don't. Maybe they were just like I don't care about Custard. Do we see Custard? T- do we see Custard's mouth move? Does he not talk yeah. in Japanese? No, he talks at the huh. very beginning when they're going up the stairs. Like, oh yeah, doing, yeah. Like, and he's just like. Oh, oh, earwig, I don't like this. Yeah, Custard, the matron of the house, Phyllis, who's like her assistant, the cooks, like a bunch of people just like aren't, that's super weird. Um, Anyway, that's it for Earwig and the Witch. It's not a bad time. Don't, hey, if you think you're going to watch that and watch like When the Wind Rises or even Tales of Earthsea or Up on Poppy Hill or something, it's not that. Think more like direct home video kids movie release for like what you're getting in store for and like you'll have it it's not a waste of your 80 minutes yeah but also just know that they don't really handle like themes of like abuse really well because that is like an undercurrent so that is something that you should keep in mind it made me very anxious because like the mandrake has like he does the silent anger thing where if he's mad he just is immediately mad 
And yes. like that could be very troubling to a lot of people. So know that that's not quite handled as well as it could be. And the movie kind of ends without resolving any of that. No, um, it's, it's just all better because they listen to her now. Yeah, she's the boss and she knows what she's doing. Which, yeah, it's... Okay, okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> all right, if you do, I guess. Power to you, man. I got like some weird... We're almost done with this. I got some weird Matilda vibes from this. I don't it know It did why. feel like that, but like, yeah. again, like they don't... It's not resolved. It's like no. Matilda, but what if instead Matilda was just in charge? Like, it's just like the, like the middle Matilda was gone and she's just in charge now. Yeah, like there was no like build up to like her being in charge she just gets into this house and she's just like i will take over this house now <laughs> and then she does that's it that's it there's also a talking on. cat bye <laughs> <laughs> all right so our next movie is gonna be 1997's shit 1997 yeah 97 1997's roger and hammerstein's um cinderella starring brandy starring brandy and whitney houston and Whitney Houston. It was meant to be the relaunch of the Wonderful the Disney anthology series. That was like the goal with making this movie. Um, it had a production budget, Brenda. I almost called you Bridget. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got too many good friends with B names. Uh, <laughs> it, the production budget was $12 million. One of the highest <laughs> production budgets for a made-for-TV movie. And it shows. This movie Yeah, is- it shows. This movie is as pretty as the gritty quality, not <laughs> HD version they uploaded to Disney Plus last weekend. <laughs> there's there's definitely some moments watching on Disney Plus where like something went wrong, where like the film slows down and you're like, what's yes. happening? Why is it doing that? And then it stops and you're like, okay. Yeah. I feel like they could have like, we've remastered like, fucking never gonna give you up i saw this morning we could remaster this movie but all right we could i'm hoping because when you log on to disney plus right now it's front center it's the first banner that shows up when you log Mm -hmm. in um this movie um this has been a long time coming because for a very long time this movie like didn't have like any like dvd releases i don't believe Mm -mm. um i feel like it had a vhs one but i could be wrong about that i I just recorded it I believe I had it on VHS. I think it did have a VHS. Um, so it was a long time coming for this movie to like get a release in like the new century. <laughs> yeah. It, like you couldn't. Um, yeah. Okay. So. Yeah. Let's rewind. <laughs> I, I was looking at the VHS. It did very good on ah. VHS, but we'll get to that. Uh, we'll get to that. Yeah. So this film actually got its start in 1993. Mm. It was originally, they pitched it to uh, CBS. And it's going to be same thing. Roger and Hammerstein, Cinderella, 1993, CBS. Whitney Houston was going to be Cinderella before. Mm-hmm. And originally uh, this version of um, Cinderella was like, I think it was like written in the 50s? Yes. For uh, Julie Andrews? Uh, yeah, initially. that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it was like adapted a couple times mm-hmm. um, before this version came out. Yeah. Um it hit production issues. It got delayed for a long time. CBS lost interest. They moved over to ABC. By the time ABC greenlit the project, Houston thought she was too old to be Cinderella. So mm-hmm. she was like, get Brandy. Um, which is just like, I think about what it must have been like to be... Like, Brandy is like... she's She is like at the height of being Brandy at this yeah. point. But still to like 
a living legend call like is like hey you're gonna be cinderella in my cinder because whitney houston's a producer on this film mm-hmm. and she's like hey you're gonna be cinderella in my cinderella movie like yeah that is that kind of call everyone like i can't imagine how emotional that must have been yeah for her to just be definitively like i know who i want and it's brandy and it's gonna be brandy <laughs> yeah like it like everything i find is like you know you don't know what they don't see in interviews, but everything I could find mm-hmm. when Houston was like, yeah, I knew I'd be too old. So I was like, we're going to get Brandy instead. That also means like she'd been watching Brandy's career. Yeah. <laughs> if there's someone famous out there watching in Brenda's podcast career, could you let us know? <laughs> um, could you send me some money, please? <laughs> please send Brenda I might some have money. I have to get braces. <laughs> please send Brenda um, some money. What, what's that? Please send Brenda some money. <laughs> um... Yeah, so this movie took a long time to, like, come out. And, like, during this production, there was, like, some stupid Disney execs who were just like, um, uh, maybe not Brandy, maybe, uh, Jewel. And <laughs> Houston was just like, no! Absolutely not. Thank God. <laughs> like, um, and I was, like, reading, like, the Wikipedia, and I know, like, they were, like, they just cast people in roles, like, regardless of race. Like, it was just, like, mm-hmm. and you watch this movie, and it's just like, yeah, what, like, it's a very diverse cast. It's mm-hmm. so cool. <laughs> it it um. reminded me a lot of uh, a film we talked about a while ago, which was Jingle Jangle. Uh, yeah, Jingle Jangle. Like it. Yeah. Did this feels like the blueprint? Like watching this again, I was like, because it's been so long since you could watch it. Mm-hmm. Like there, I see there was a D, there was a limited DVD release in two thousand three. No, I didn't get that. Like we had the no. VHS. Uh, but the colorblind casting the it's a musical like this was like they did not do this and also critics and execs didn't think it would pan out yeah this was an incredibly big risk because they hadn't made like a musical like this for tv in decades at this point yeah like this whole kind of like art form had like died in i think it was like the 80s was like the death of like the big might have been the 70s was the death of the big um over-the-top musical especially Mm -hmm. for tv Mm -hmm. um they just did not make movies like this so like it was a major risk which is why like cbs eventually just like kind of waffled on it but yeah um i mean 12 million is a lot for a made for tv movie that's that's a lot well brenda talks i'm gonna do some inflation math yeah so like the sets in this movie are like very 90s but also like so colorful everything in this film is so colorful um it's got like just like similar to jingle jangle it's got like interesting like textile work costuming um there's like examples of like uh the the prince in this movie is filipino and he's got like a traditional filipino outfit that Mm -hmm. matches the colors of like the rest of the characters this movie is just visually fascinating it's so pretty and there's like also this fountain towards the beginning that has like these triangles like that are just very 90s triangles it's this really <laughs> ornate fountain that they just painted with 90s triangles it's so good it's just like so visually appealing mm-hmm. and it feels very similar to jingle jangle i would not be surprised if like this was the inspiration for like some of the set design for that movie because you yeah. just get those vibes with like the big dance numbers and like mm-hmm. the uh, the way the sets are kind of like they don't look super realistic but there's something very nostalgic about that mm-hmm. um i didn't think because like I, I remember liking this movie but i didn't think i would have like 
such an emotional reaction as I did when watching this. Like, literally, I put it on and I was like, all right, I'm going to watch this movie. And then, like, at the very beginning, it opens with Whitney Houston singing. And I don't know if the song's called Impossible. I think and it's called Impossible. It, it was just, like, chills. I was just like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, this is good. <laughs> it's very it was- good. And it's, it's, it was such a culture. It was, like, because we grew up in it, right? And it's, like, such yeah. a cultural touchstone that, like, you watch it and you're like, oh, that's why I don't get why they won't just cast two of her for a film. Because I had this movie, you know? Because, yeah. it, like, they, everyone, they, like, Whitney Houston's in this movie. Brandy's in this movie. Whoopi Goldberg's in this movie. I forgot the, she was in this movie. The, the fucking guy who plays the banker in Jingle Jangles in this movie. That's, <laughs> <laughs> like, the same dude. <laughs> Like, Whoopi Goldberg and some white man whose name I legally can't remember are, a guy. The, are the are like the parents of the prince we just talked about plays as played by a Filipino-American person because they all got the part. Yeah. And that's it. Like, it's in Magic Make-Believe, may, maybe in a fake movie about a fairy princess, it doesn't matter who plays who. It doesn't matter at all. Like, it's so good. It's so yeah. Good. I feel like a lot of our friends like talk about this movie a lot. Like there's someone that I know who like played one of the songs at their wedding um, on a shitty VHS tape because that's all that was available because they've never released the soundtrack on CD ever. Oh my God. Did you, did you look up why that was? No. It's absolute bullshit. I didn't know that. Yeah. The soundtrack never got released because like, um, Brandy's record label was worried that it would oh my conflict God. with her quote unquote urban image. And I was like, this oh bullshit. Oh my God. I'm her so, voice. I'm so glad everyone that artists <laughs> don't need to go through record labels. Like the last time I heard a record label being mean to an artist was like six or seven years ago because they've one realized like that now artists have Twitter. And if an artist gets on Twitter and is like, don't buy my album pirate it that like that label's done for (laughs) yeah it's like um you know don't really care for taylor swift but you do have to respect that she was in a really shitty situation with her record label Mm -hmm. and um she she's literally re-recording her old albums so she can have the rights to them completely and fully Mm -hmm. and it's like cool i respect it like Mm -hmm. I still don't like you, Taylor, but I yeah. respect it, I guess. Right. <laughs> like, it's it that is such garbage. Yeah. Uh I looked it up. Twelve million dollars in nineteen ninety seven money is about twenty million dollars in two thousand and one. Jesus. That's a lot that is a lot of money for something that's going to air on TV because like profit is like a- ads when they and like when they eventually put it on VHS, but like it's not like a it's not like a turn of profit box office situation. Yeah, it's a lot more. You can't really predict, like, how much money you're going to make because you have to split it between, like, the original, like, airing and, like, the ad revenue you get from that airing and then, like, what you might hypothetically be able to make on VHS, which wasn't, mm-hmm. you could not really predict that. Yeah. Um, and it did sell well on VHS. Like, this is, like, the era where, like, VHS direct-to-video movies were, like, showing that they could be incredibly lucrative, especially for the Disney company. So mm-hmm. the whole thing was an incredible gamble. It's an absolute miracle it exists. Yeah, it's uh, it. Brandy said uh, when she was handpicked to play the role, like it felt like a fairy tale. And it feels like a like watching this movie and seeing like these people that are in it. I'm like, we have a movie that has Brandy, Whitney Houston, and Whoopi Goldberg in it, and I'm like, that mm-hmm. is literally a gift. And Bernadette Peters, who's like 
Broadway, like, super Broadway royalty. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Excuse me? In one movie? What? In what? In one movie? They ma- in a TV movie? <laughs> Frankly, they only they it only it only cost twelve million dollars. <laughs> yeah, honestly. It feels like paying Whoopi Goldberg in the late 90s would have been most of the- <laughs> <laughs> Well, everyone- She was a big deal. Well, everyone, we paid Whoopi, we paid Whoopi Goldberg her $8 million, so we don't, we don't have a lot left. And the and, like, songs to do are these, like, so good. Yeah, to do these big dance numbers and costume all of these, like, um, like side characters, mm-hmm. backup actors. There's a word I'm missing here. Um- uh, I really love uh, so all the music's great Jason Alexander plays Lionel like the assistant <laughs> to the prince and he has a bit he has a song about the the ball and it's really funny <laughs> it's good um, just watching Jason Alexander like struggle to remember to do his accent because <laughs> he's just got like a fitbo Italian I think he's going yeah, I don't know it's like, it's a, like they're like can you do an accent and he's like uh, um, of course, I can't. Eh. A bop and a bop and a. Bada bing, bada boom. It's me, Jason Alexander. Uh, <laughs> oh <laughs> like, my goodness! Him just warring with the accent. Also, the montage of like him having to like try to like have all the ladies put like put the shoe on, and mm-hmm. he just like is becoming increasingly just exhausted by it, and he's just like, I hate this. Mm-hmm. It's a good montage. Also, so I think the biggest thing that shows the cast who was like best for the role. So Pablo uh, Vontaban. Yes, I don't. My <laughs> mouth just stopped working. Um, he was up against people like Wayne Brady and Tay Diggs in the '90s for this role. Whoa, whoa! Like and Mark Anthony. Ooh. So that if that doesn't tell you everyone, they weren't just going for star power. Like it really was. The only person who was like gifted this was Brandy, and that was because mm-hmm. Whitney Houston was like, "Well, it has to be Brandy if it's not me." Yeah, like everyone else was just cast like based on like the merit of their ability to play the role, which mm-hmm. is really cool. I really like the performances of the two stepsisters. Oh, that, they were they, really good. Yeah, they really work very well off of each other, and like they are both a different kind of chaotic, and it's good. It was. It's if you haven't seen this. Cinderella, like we said, it's up on Disney Plus. Please watch it. Uh, yeah. Please, please, please make it like stream into the heavens because Brandy herself, like, is the one who worked on getting on Disney Plus. They didn't plan on yeah. putting it up. Like it's- last year, she was like, "Hey, why isn't this on Disney Plus?" And so she like went online and was like, "All right, everybody, let's bully Disney." <laughs> yeah, and like the fact that one, it worked, and the fact that it's the front banner on disney plus if i log into like my playstation 4 account and go to like my media center mm-hmm. there's like a little ad chunk for it there that's usually in the past couple weeks has been wandavision that's mm-hmm. not there anymore it's now cinderella mm-hmm. um they got like they did like a couple like short interviews i think mm-hmm. um with they did. cast members um and i know that previously this movie was available to watch on youtube in like its entirety and that's, mm-hmm. that is a bummer that maybe it is behind a paywall now. Mm-hmm. But I also think that it's like very important to have it behind that paywall because it's going to directly show Disney that this is the kind of content that people want to see. Right. Um, and now it's like easily accessible to like families who can like now show this to their kids who might not have known that it was just kind of up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just has think, such a yeah. 
it had such a huge impact. Like, there's... I first, like, remembered this movie. Um, and I really forgot about, like, I thought about, like, I want to watch it. And then realized I really couldn't was um, mm-hmm. Chance Rap released an album 2018, I think. And he has a song on it called Zanies and Fools that is, like, named after the Cinderella, like, the key song, like, Impossible. Oh. And it, like, samples music from the movie. And it's, like, I was like, man, I need to watch the Cinderella movie. Man, why can't I buy this Cinderella movie anywhere? Yeah, it's not available to, like, download digitally. It wasn't available on Blu-ray. It was only very shortly available on mm-hmm. DVD. Um, it's never been, like, it's never gotten an HD upgrade, which I think it really deserves. Because, like, really the deserves. port on... Yeah, the port on Disney, it's not unwatchable, but it definitely looks kind of bad on my big old HD TV. Yeah, we... It's like, I gotta wheel out my CRT to watch this. <laughs> uh, let's bully them into HD remaster, please. Yeah, I think if this does good enough, um, that maybe we'll get that. And maybe this is, um, as the song goes, maybe impossible but wouldn't it be cool to get it like a sequel? <laughs> Would you like to hear how many copies of VHS it sold in its first week? Yeah. One million copies. Holy shit. It is the highest selling home video release of any made for TV film at the time. And the fact that they didn't do anything with it for decades is like absolutely criminal. By February of 1999, it sold 2 million copies, which is like... That you could say that seems like a slow burn to two million, but I'm like, yeah. But in the first week, a million people bought it, so it was like yeah. everyone who wanted then, it went and got it. And over the last, everyone year, owns it. This was also like in the later years of the VHS, so like mm-hmm. potentially some people during that time were switching over to DVD, right. and it only had a limited DVD release mm. too. So that is what mm. one, one million. Can you unheard I, of? <laughs> I whoever like watches the numbers for that stuff, right? Like at the time for. Disney, ABC, I guess both of them, like, who was watching numbers, like, clack, 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 one million units, that can't, like, there's no way they thought that was right. Yeah, it's like, no, it can't be. It was. Yeah, like, that's wild. Everyone I knew had this movie. Um, I also, like, added a few songs, and I had that somewhere, and I lost it. They added some songs. I know the la- the finale song that Wayne Houston sings is added. Oh, here it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, Falling in Love with Love, uh, which is what Bernadette Peter sings. That was a song they added. Um, the that fi- song. Her voice is so good. The finale is a song they added. And there's a third one. I didn't write it down. <laughs> I just have here those two. And there's a third. Why did I write that? There's a third one, everyone, that's added to this song that isn't from the original... <laughs> Rogers and Ham Ham. Roger Ham Hams. Um, Rogers and Ham Taro. Critics didn't think this movie would do well because they thought Brandy's version of Cinderella was too feminist. Excuse me. I don't like watching like watching this. I put on my '90s hat. Like, what did they see as feminist? And I think it's the line they added where she said like she should be treated as a person, not a princess. Heaven forbid. Like that's I was like that's the only thing I can think of. The rest of the film is pretty like standard fairy tale she wants the prince even though they only met one situation which is fine like that's the movie yeah and i was reading that um they'd made changes to make it like her more of like an active protagonist as opposed to like the original versions Mm -hmm. and it's like by today's standards it's still you know pretty like old-fashioned but like i guess back in the 90s it was too much yeah (laughs) like like, there's a line where he's like oh i treat the woman i love like a princess and she's like no like a person 
And I guess they were like, whoa, guys. Whoa, a per- no. Jeez. <laughs> like, but I found that hilarious, like, going over, like, critics didn't think highly of it. And then it, like, just fucking chokeslammed ratings that week. Like, that's, like, what did, ever- what did you watch? We watched that. That is what everyone was watching. Yeah, it was, like, a big deal whenever it was back on ABC. Because it was just, like, Cinderella. <laughs> yeah, it was... the Even, like... I just challenge people to go to its wiki and find another made-for-TV movie with a wiki this robust. Yeah. This is in... There's so much... Like, so much went into making this movie. It was a struggle to get it made at all. And the, mm-hmm. the, the fact that now we have it streaming on Disney Plus is incredible. More movies like this! Please. Please. <laughs> please. Like, we got The Gift of Jingle Jangle this year. That was great. I think that did really well in ratings, too. Mm-hmm. So, More! Hey, execs, we're sh- people are showing what they want to see, and you need to fire Jared Leto and toss him out in the snow and make good movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to add, Austin? Uh, this movie is still just iconic. It, it's so iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, when so Hale Bailey is going to from Chloe and uh, Halle. Let me start over. So they're making that, you know, live action Little Mermaid, you know. Yes. Someday. Uh, <laughs> so when she got cast to be Ariel, she like contacted Brandy about like any tips to be like a Disney princess. Um so it's it's just like it I guess for me it's been exciting and emotional because it's like one of those things like I think about a lot and I talk to people about a lot, like this movie, but I never realized like it was like that for the whole world. Yeah. Um I we got we got Princess and the Frog because of this movie. Yeah, and it feels like Tiana feels very inspired by this version of Cinderella. Mm-hmm. I still think Cinderella is better, but <laughs> it, I mean it is. But it's like yeah, the, like I like until we were getting ready to do this, and I was like looking like I didn't realize like all of these people with a larger reach than I have now. Let's say like out mm-hmm. in Hollywood that were like yeah because I saw this movie in 1997 I like went to Broadway or whatever. And it's like, that's just, I think movies are really cool because it can impact the world like that. And I think it's just so important on what we just choose to make. And I'm glad they, I'm glad that they didn't give up on making this movie, like the team behind it, that they like when CBS is like, we're not going to make it. They're like, we're going to make this movie. We will find somebody. Yeah. I think ABC was the perfect place for it. This was like the beginning of like the resurgence of wonderful world of Disney, which they didn't make a lot more original movies. They kind of like stuck to doing that on Disney Channel, but sometimes they would show like Disney Channel original movies there and like a lot of Disney movies. So there was a long period of time where like it was still a big deal to mm-hmm. watch Wonderful World of Disney on Sunday nights. I think mm-hmm. it was Sundays. Could be Saturdays. Time <laughs> is meaningless. <laughs> it was meaningless then, yeah. it's meaningless now. Yep. Forever and always. <laughs> <laughs> and if you take away one thing from this episode, it's that time. Time fake. <laughs> I don't know where this bit's going. Time is fake, and if you believe in it enough, uh, you could always be listening to our podcast. Always. Forever. You know, listen to podcasts like how I listen to podcasts, where if there's a new episode of a podcast, I queue it up ten times in my Spotify and go to bed. (laughs) (laughs) And catch snippets of it while I awake. Be like Brenda, everybody. (laughs) I don't sleep well. (laughs) Yeah, well, I think that's a good good ending point. That's it. 
I gotta eat. take a shower. <laughs> I should. I probably eat. I don't know. I'm. A, I've been sick. No. Yeah. What can you do? What can you do? What did you for conduct bar? Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> and that's it. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Secret Histories of Nerd Mysteries. Our music was provided by Esperanza Garay Negron, and you can find their music on Bandcamp at knifenun.bandcamp.com. Our introduction was voiced by Cafe 3G. You can find him under that handle on Twitter and Instagram. This podcast is a part of the Nacellecast Podcast Network. Tweets and he blogs about them, but there's a woman that works at his office who is who thinks that she's on to him and thinks... And she's like, I know that you're the, I know that you're the sweet tooth seller, man, and I'm gonna find out. So he always plans his like bookstore.